Hi, my name is Leo Fernandez, and you listen to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. Cosmos Country, and welcome to another week of uh, the First Team Podcast. Another week in Cosmos Country, which is always, always great times to be a Cosmos supporter. But this week, the Cosmos do have a bye week, which uh, some supporters don't like. Some supporters like to see their boys in green uh, playing every single Saturday, every single weekend. But Cosmos... Uh, fans just have to wait one more week until they can see their boys in green finally taking on the pitch once again in the fall season against the Jacksonville Armada on the road. So we're going to have that preview feed for our listeners next week. Today, the uh, U.S. Women's National Team, they... We're in the ticker tape parade in New York City. We have some audio from that parade of the supporters chanting for their fellow ladies, for their women that represent this country, the United States of America. So we're going to play some audio from that uh, of the fans chanting USA, USA. Uh, We do have some uh, audio from some of the players. We are going to discuss that. And some more, because the future of women's soccer, what's the future of women's soccer? That's the question out there, because there is the NWSL. There is the National Women's Soccer League, which was created. Uh, there was other uh, there was other women's soccer leagues created, but they just didn't have what it takes to survive, to last longer than a couple of seasons. But the W... The NWSL, it seems like it actually has what it takes so far. They're in the early stages of their season. I mean, of their uh, tenure of a league. But the question is, what does women's soccer need going forward to survive, to uh to compete with men's soccer, to compete, uh, because it's not competing on the pitch about the quality, because the quality in women's soccer is there, the quality is there, and it's off the pitch about selling tickets, selling jerseys, and the awareness of having a club around your local neighborhood. So that's that's the uh, the issue. About people just not knowing that there's 
a local women's league. There's local clubs around where you live. So that's the issue. And we are going to talk about that in depth later on in the show. If you have any questions, at one team pod on Twitter using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. Mixer.com slash FirstTeamPod. Uh, that is a live link. Also, you can leave your questions or comments in the chat room. We will take your questions and comments later. We see we, that we have some on Twitter. We are going to answer them when we discuss a bit more about uh, the future of women's soccer. And the future of women's soccer, I'm not just talking about in the United States. The United States uh, for now, but in the world, it is growing, not just in the U.S., around the world, even in England. They are finally, finally accepting uh, the game for women. They have a league there, but it's sort of finally get. It's finally being accepted. They're finally watching uh, those ladies play as well for their clubs, because there is men uh, that support Liverpool or Chelsea, but there is Liverpool and Chelsea ladies. Uh, but do they have the same fan support? No. But hopefully. For England getting third place in the World Cup, meaning that uh, England is third ranked in the world, the people in England, the soccer supporters in England, should should support their local club, no matter where you live. If you live in Liverpool, support your Liverpool ladies. Do it. Support them. Because you have to grow the game. You have to support women's and men's soccer, no matter who's playing. So, we are going to get to that towards uh, the end of the show or later on in the show. But, let's talk about some Cosmos. Because there has been tons of NASL news. And a lot of Cosmos uh, news and rumors and everything. So, we're going to break that all down right now. So, starting with... The Cosmos draw against Indy 11. And that draw, I expected a draw. I didn't expect a victory, really. Because against Indy 11, Indy 11 knows the Cosmos' weaknesses. Uh, and that's how they play good. Because they're actually the only team that scouts the Cosmos. And other teams say they scout Cosmos or they watch video. But it feels like Indy 11 actually know what they're doing when they play the New York Cosmos. They play their A game when they play the Cosmos. It's like their biggest game of their season. Uh, so that's why uh, they they step up their game. Also, there has been some controversial calls in this match as well. The Cosmos were tied 1-1. And late in the second half, there should have been a goal granted to the New York Cosmos. And it was. At one point, everyone was cheering that the Cosmos were up 2-1. And a crazy goal, a fluke goal, but no matter what it was or how they, the Cosmos scored a goal, a goal's a goal. And what caught me off guard was I was happy, I was celebrating, I was jumping up and down. That the Cosmos did score a goal. That the Cosmos finally got over that hump that we, we were talking about. How Indy 11 always has the Cosmos number. That they always draw every time they play home or away. This time, they finally they finally beat Indy 11. 
But Christian Nicht, the Indy 11 goalkeeper, and I remember this vividly, he ran to the linesman, to the linesman in argument, arguing about uh, the call, how it should have been offsides. And with a leader talk with the linesman and the referees, they ruled it offsides and no gold Cosmos. And that was a crazy, crazy moment for the New York Cosmos, for the supporters, uh, and for the players as well, because their confidence was so high that they got the equalizing goal, that they potentially got the winning goal if they didn't change the ruling of offsides. But it's not fair. You call it a goal. Why do you change it when there's argument going on, when people are in doubt of the call? So as a referee, it's always a hard job. Uh, it's not easy. So I do understand how he wants to get the call right. But in all fairness, you need to be on your A game as well. So I'm not saying that it wasn't fair because I'm a Cosmos fan uh, and they brought uh, the goal back. And I'm not getting upset because I'm a Cosmos fan. But it doesn't matter what team you support. If they would do that to your team, you would get upset. It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. The referee can't question his call. If it's offsides, it's offsides. Let the linesman call it right away. No second guessing your calls. And that's what happened. The linesman didn't call offsides. But once he got questioned, once he got pressured, he thought about it and changed the call. That should not happen in a NASL match. It should not happen in any match throughout the world of football. And the, and the refereeing has to change in this league. There can't be doubting. They can't be doubting any call, offsides, penalties, red cards, anything. No doubting because that changed um, the game. It changed how the Cosmos looked at the game afterwards. Uh, they would have got three points, but because of this call, because of the referee doubting himself uh, by calling it the other way against the Cosmos, by calling it offsides, they got away with a point. And that should have been two more points to, to go home with three points uh, and beating Indy 11 on your first match day of the fall season. It would have been a hell of a night. But before the match, Cosmos B did play, and Steven Nash, he did not play, which was pretty sad. I was really expecting him to be out there and playing with the boys, but he did not get a look. He did not even uh, show up for the match, which I thought was pretty surprising, but Cosmos B did get the job done once again against the Rhode Island Reds. They won by a score of 9, nine to nothing, uh, and you, you may be Saying to yourself, nine to nothing. Uh, that's a crazy scoreline. But the Cosmos B squad, uh, they're very talented. But again, they're very young, so they need to develop. They need to gain experience. But talking about experience uh, and Cosmos B, Haji Wright, and Haji Wright is on the name of every Cosmos supporter. If he's not, put him on your mind right now because. Haji Wright, a very exciting youth player uh, for the New York Cosmos, playing for Cosmos B. And this is what Gio had to say about Haji Wright and his future with the club. He said that uh, he, 
this is a direct quote from Giovanni Sarese. I think he's done enough to impress me. The important thing is that he's young and he needs minutes, which it's not questioning. He does need minutes, and that's where he's getting his minutes on uh, the reserve team, Cosmos B. If sometimes he's not able to get that with the first team, he needs to be able to stay motivated with Cosmos B. His moment in time will come, and it sure will come with Cosmos B. And hopefully once the Cosmos B season ends, once the season ends, hopefully he does get a look. Uh, hopefully he does get a crack into the first team, but it's going to be really hard because especially in the forward position, you got Raul, Lucky, and Mads. Three players that are sort of competing for some playing time. With Raul, if he's not 100%, uh, then you may have uh, a bit of room for Haji to get into the first team, get into the starting 11, maybe with uh, Mads or Haji. With the look that night, so it's going to be hard not just for Haji, right, but for any player on Cosmos B who his goal is to play for for the first team because with so much depth on the team, with so many talented players on the first team, and you have so many talented players on Cosmos B, it's going to be difficult uh, for a player that you have. A bright future for, and hopefully, uh, Cosmos B. Hopefully, they do have some players that uh, play for the first team for the future, for the long term, and that's what I wanted to see, and that's what the goal of Cosmos B is: is to uh, bring some players up or m most of the team up to the first team eventually down the line, uh, and that's what that's what the goal is, uh, and. Going on with Jimmy Maurer, Gio said we're committed to Jimmy. We want to make sure that he stays with us. Uh, on Raul, we determined that it was good for him to not get that many minutes against Indy because we knew we'd have two weeks for him to prepare for Jacksonville. But against Indy, Raul looked great. To me, he looked even 100%. Uh, he looked flashy out there. He almost scored a goal. So he was really out there trying to compete. He wasn't out there just to get some minutes, uh, just to waste some time in the final minutes of the Indy matchup. But he went out there to, to try to win the game, to try to uh, change the game. And, that, and that's what he did. He's a game changer. Once he steps on that pitch, he's a game changer. Everyone's talking about the Cosmos back line, and a question mark is Reversio. Gio says that Reversio is now 100% yet but he's recovering hopefully with these two weeks off uh now one week hopefully uh reversio is 100 come the jacksonville matchup because we're gonna need everyone especially on that back line and to have reversio which is maybe one of the stronger defenders that we have hopefully he is 100 and we can finally finally get him back into the first team into the squad into the starting 11 uh against Jacksonville. Player acquisitions. We've always been talking about this. Who the Cosmos may want to add or are they going to add anyone? Uh, and from Gio, this is what he said on his weekly conference call every week. Uh, he said that we do, we do want to add one or two more players, so we are working on that. And the question is, who is he going to add? Is he, gonna, is he going to add a defender or a forward or a midfielder? Or a midfielder. Who is he going to add? 
And Dave Martinez of Empire of Soccer, he did write a report and he did uh, write an article about uh, who they may be targeting. And a report came out saying that two players that they were targeting or trying to get was Freddie Adu. Uh, and that player, they talked to him last season, but they're not going to get him this year. He just doesn't fit into their plans for the future or what they're trying to do. But I feel that Freddie Adu could, could make a big move to the NASL. He's looking for a quality team, for a quality club, but for him, he should just be looking for minutes. That's all he needs is minutes. He needs to improve his play. He needs to show that he's a committed player. That he has what it takes to play at the highest level. So that's all he has to do is sign with the NASL team. But he looks at the NASL clubs like a downgrade, like the second division. But that, that that's not how you have to look at the NASL. That's not how you have to look at the NASL. Because they are very talented clubs with very talented with very talented players. So, would Freddie Adu sign with one of these clubs? Not the Cosmos, maybe the Rowdies, maybe Minnesota United. But if he signs with one of these clubs, he's going to be a game changer for one of those clubs. And a lot of people are going to look at him from the media, from coaching staff, from different clubs. Freddie Adu uh, could be on everyone's mind, and it... Everyone thought he was going to be the best player. But that hope and that pressure uh, is just not good for a player at a young age. And that's what happened with Freddie Adu. So off the topic of the player acquisition, maybe another one with Hercules Gomez. Uh, and that may not happen. Uh, reports are saying that a deal is not going to happen. But uh, we just have to see on that because reports and rumors turn out. To not be true or true, we do not know. We just have to wait and see uh, what happens officially. The Cosmos, they do want to add some more players. And just to speculate here about where they should add some players, on the back line, that's where they need to add some players. One to two players or two to three players, I would add them on the back line. Just for depth reasons, uh, if reversal goes down, if he... Could go down again. Hopefully not. But he's getting into that age where he does get hurt a lot. And we don't need injuries. And we can't have injuries on this team if we want to go far. If we want to win the fall season. Or if we want to win the NASL Championship. The soccer ball title. And you can't do that when you get hurt. Or when you have most of your squad or your key players injured. So that's... What needs to happen in the future is to get some more depth in the back line. And I don't think they fully have that in the team. Uh, you got Hunter Gorski and uh, Carlos Mendez, Iose, who was down again, who didn't play against Indy. But Iose is a key part of the defense. And if you think he's not, he really is a key part. Uh, and when he's not in the team, you actually see what you're missing. And that's Iose and Reversio as well. So that, to have some depth into the back line where 
if Reversio or Iose goes down, uh, you can slot these two players or three players into the back line, uh, and you're not going to see change in form or, or change in experience and skill. Uh, and that's what the Cosmos need, uh, hopefully before this Jacksonville game, because they do have an, another week where they can uh, announce a player signing. Who knows uh, who they're going to sign, but hopefully uh, a defender. About the future of women's soccer, because that's what we're going to get to uh, momentarily, because that's the hottest topic as we speak. The future of women's soccer. And as I, as, I, as I said before, hottest topic. And around the world, people need, people may not view women's soccer as the best quality of soccer. People may not view it uh, as them playing well or playing good. But that changed. Uh, and that's not my thoughts. That's just people's perspective around the world. Some people just don't accept the women's game. But you have to. The U.S. won the World Cup. To clarify that, the U.S. ladies won the World Cup. They are number one ranked in the world. Why don't you support your local team? And the National Women's Soccer League, the uh, Women's Pro League here in the United States, that teams across the country, mostly uh, parts of the East Coast and uh, West Coast, but they are growing. Growing slowly, which is the plan. But the NWSL, they have uh, owners who own MLS clubs as well. From the Portland Thorns, that is the NWSL side. Uh, they also own the Portland Timbers, and they both play in the same stadium. So with NWSL, I feel like the future uh, is partnering up with MLS owners. That's probably going to be uh, the future is having MLS owners owning NWSL clubs. Is that a great future? Probably. And I'm not a MLS fanboy. I'm not a MLS supporter. I don't like MLS at all. I don't like their uh, marketing plan or their game plan for the future. But for NWSL, for women's soccer in this country to succeed, to uh, get more exposure, partnering up or... Uh, MLS owners buying a franchise in the NWSL, that could be the brightest future for them. Who else is there to uh, own a women's team than MLS owners? And it's all about the money to them. But they have to change their perspective because, again, the women's game, it shouldn't be all about the money for them. It should be about growing the game because on Twitter, on social media, People have been saying that they've never heard of the NWSL. They've never known that 
they had a local club, a local NWSL club near them. So what has to change is marketing. These clubs have to amp up their marketing because the women have just won the World Cup. The excitement is here for the NWSL. People want to see their winners, their World Cup champions, playing for uh, their respective clubs. Maybe Sky Blue FC in New Jersey or FC Kansas City. Whatever team they play for, go support that team. Uh, no matter if you live close or far, you, you can watch all the games. They did sign a deal with Fox. Uh, you can check out that deal online on their website as well. But all their games are live streamed on YouTube, which is very, very great because they're free. And you can access them across the world. So that is your exposure, but only if you know about it. So the thing there is you have to know about the league. You have to know uh, about what they're doing. On the other hand, with the MLS owners maybe owning a NASL, I mean, a NWSL team in the future, it gives them structure. It gives them a chance to play in their own stadium because with MLS, most of the time they own their own stadium. So for a NWSL side, they are going to have their proper home. They are going to have a soccer-specific stadium. If you have any questions about what we're talking about at one team pod, uh, using the hashtag ask the first team, or if you would like to comment on what we are talking about on the future of women's soccer in this country or in the world, uh, you can tweet us again at one team pod or on Mixler on the chat room. So uh, talking about the future of women's soccer, because it's a great topic because the future is bright, young ladies, Young girls in this country like soccer. They like playing it. Because the youth is playing it, let's grow the game. Let's get people aware that the NWSL is happening, is a thing. That there is a pro league for women in this country. Me personally, I talk to people that love the women's game, that play soccer as a woman. They've never heard. Of NWSL. They've never heard that they have a local team near them. And that's a problem. That's a problem when you live in a specific market. And that club is not marketing to that person. To that potential fan. That's a problem. That's a problem for the NWSL. And that's a problem for women's soccer in this country. But on the club level. Because people love their country. They love the USA. And you saw that at the parade. For the people that didn't make it to Canada, that didn't make it to the Women's World Cup to watch them win the trophy, at the Ticker Tape Parade in New York City, me personally, I got a chance to see our heroes. I got a chance uh, to see the ladies uh, that went to battle to win the World Cup. And they truly are heroes. They really are. Because they didn't change the women's game but they made the future brighter and by me saying that I mean that uh, they keep on winning showing the women that they are winners that they can do as well as the men 
moving forward on this topic, as it, it's a great topic because it all boils down to growing women's soccer, to getting people to know that NWSL is a thing, National Women's Soccer League, uh, and there is local clubs in your area. So check that out and tweet us if you are going to a women's game because once again, the game never stops, no matter if it's men's or women. And the game, the games are great. The quality is there. Uh, we have some questions on Twitter. Uh, at High Rent District, the quality will still be the quality of boys high school soccer at best. Dreadful to watch. And clearly that's wrong. That's wrong at High Rent District. Uh, if you want to have... Uh, your chance to talk to him or on Twitter and share your opinions, you surely could. And the quality is not a boys' high school at best. It shouldn't be dreadful to watch. If that's dreadful to watch, and if you're an American, if you are a citizen of this country and you call yourself an American and you support the women's national team, You're, you're not a true supporter of the women's game. And if you do like football, if you do like soccer, you're probably not a true fan. Just because you say that that uh, women's soccer is the quality of boys' high school. Soccer at best. Not true. Certainly, certainly not true. And if it was of that quality, we would still be... Uh, supporting those ladies. We will still be at the Ticker Tape Parade supporting our ladies winning the World Cup. They're not the quality of boys' high school soccer. They're certainly not. They are ranked number one in the world. And I'm truly, truly sorry uh, that you think that way, really. Uh, we have a comment here by uh, at M-C-O-N-I-R-I-S. Uh, the rest of the world is catching up to the U.S. Still has low attendance here. Hopefully this win will inspire. And yeah, surely it will inspire. Uh, and the question here and going forward, the NWSL and their clubs, they need to attract fans off of this win. And that's what's going to make the future of women's soccer bright or if it's going to fail. The only way the NWSL fails is if they don't attract these fans that don't know about a uh, soccer club that's in their community. That love women's soccer. That follow the national team. If it, if it inspires them and if they're really into it, they're going to see their ladies playing. So hopefully it doesn't fail. Hopefully they do attract uh, these supporters. And really that's what I'm trying to do is uh, support and uh, spread the word about NWSL to 
listeners out there that may not know about the league or may not know about a local club. Because I do want to see the NWSL grow. As big as MLS. Could that happen? Surely. It sure could. Only if the clubs market the right way. Maybe some of the clubs don't have a big marketing budget. But they have to market in different ways. Maybe social media or just use different means of marketing to get your point across. You could have just went to the... You could have just went to the ticker tape parade and marketed your club right there. Handed out stickers. uh, Handed out anything. Tickets. Anything that will... Uh, bring supporters to your stadium that will bring fans or maybe fans for the future to to your stadium to buy uh, a shirt or something. Anything to bring them to your stadium to watch a match. That's all you got to do because once you bring those fans into the stadium, they should love the game, they should love the team, and they should want to come back. And that's really what you have to sell these fans on. They they love the sport already. They like these women already. All they have to do is want to go watch a match. Is supporting NWSL and supporting women's soccer as a whole. So we are going to have more on that probably next week. Because uh, just trying to see... Just trying to see the response uh, that NWSL is going to get throughout the week. Are they going to get that uh, big pull from the women's national team, the supporters that went out there to support them at the parade, uh, the people that uh, went to the World Cup to watch them? I don't know. Hopefully they do get some type of uh, pull or uh, supporters to uh, their matches. So, we have some audio from um, we we have some audio from Heather O'Reilly on the growth of the game, on the growth of women's soccer. So, uh, listen to what she has to say because we're gonna. Uh, dissect it and discuss it in depth some more because coming from a national team player her her thoughts on the game on the growth of it and this is what you got to hear is her thoughts because my thoughts are just from a supporter uh, from someone who covers the game but hear it from someone that actually plays it and someone that just won the world cup Yeah, it's absolutely massive. I think that we've made some huge strides and we're going to continue to do so, not just for women's soccer, um, but for women's sports. Um, We're very proud of that. We're very proud of growing this amazing game that we all love to play. Making strides. And that was sort of the key thing that she said was making those strides to uh, grow the game. And they've made those strides by uh, creating the NWSL, uh, by expanding 
with some teams. So there is a future. There, there is a bright one, really. Uh, we're gonna play a clip from you. I mean, we're gonna play a clip for you uh, from the parade. Just some fan atmosphere. We picked up uh, some great audio from the crowd. That was a chant of USA. It was sort of hard to hear. We were having some difficulties with that. But a chant of USA, USA. Uh, so we're going to have another clip for you uh, as we speak. The parade was great. And uh, we were at the parade, as you saw maybe on our Twitter account, at One Team Pod. Uh, but we were at the parade. The atmosphere was wonderful. And I actually think that... Uh, most of those people would support a team, would support uh, a women's team in their community. So I think there is a future for uh, these clubs to grow. But again, it all boils down, and we keep on saying this, we, keep, we, we just keep on repeating it, but it boils down to can they, can they just get these people into their stadium? Can they draw... Can they have some higher attendance numbers? Can it happen? It may not happen in one match. It may not happen in two. But it's midseason. And uh, it really should not be happening this season. Because uh, women's soccer has always been on the rise. People have always been excited about women's soccer. And with this World Cup win, it, it only made it rise. It only made it bigger. It only made the excitement bigger. So... These clubs, they should have had higher attendances already, really. But now, they should actually bring in these people, actually draw bigger numbers than they did before. And maybe for some clubs, maybe their goal is not to build a stadium, uh, for example, Sky Blue FC, but uh, there were some rumors that they may uh, partner up with Red Bulls, maybe play Red Bull Arena. Could that be a... Uh, a question could that be a uh, comment maybe for the future of Sky Blue FC because they do play in Rutgers and maybe playing in Red Bull Arena and potentially being owned by Rebels uh, could that mean a growth in Sky Blue FC and their marketing because it one if they do play at Red Bull Arena if they are owned by the Rebels they will grow more than, than they do Every day at Rutgers. One, because they will have a proper stadium. They will maybe sign better players. Uh, because better players because of the, the name. Because the name draws people in. Uh, the likes of Hope Solo, Alex Morgan, uh, Sidney LaRue. Those names tr draw people in. So if you don't have those no those names, then uh, you're probably not going to draw a lot of people. But again, it doesn't just have to be the big name if you do have a quality team and if people know about it as well then people will come as the cosmos say if you build it they will come uh, but the sky fc and the nwsl it's it's already built it's already put up the league is already structured they just have to come
So uh, that's all for our uh, women's talk. Again, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave it on Twitter at 1CPod using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. Or you can comment uh, on our Mixler page below, and we will answer it uh, later on in the show. So we're going to talk and just preview tonight's matchup, U.S. Men's National Team, which starts at 8.30. And hopefully you guys can tune in because uh, that's going to be a great match. U.S. Men's National Team is taking on Haiti for their second match in the Gold Cup. And the men's, they uh, got the win. They got the, the, the quality win against uh, Honduras. And was it the best of wins? Was it a great win? Probably not. But Clint Dempsey, he stepped up. He was our man in the match. He was the best player on the pitch, really. But one player that sticked out to me, that uh, showed me personally, is why is he out there? Why is Jurgen Klinsmann picking this guy? Picking this guy every match. I know that they only played one match in the Gold Cup, but this player should be their key player, should be a player that is giving this team quality minutes and is scoring as many goals as he could, that he's capable of scoring. And that guy is Josie Altidore. And I did the live commentary on Rabble.tv, uh, their last match against Honduras, and I got some stick about saying that uh, Josie Altidore is not good or or he uh, is not giving quality minutes. But he has to change his game plan. He has to bring his A game, his uh, top quality performance tonight against Haiti. I know Haiti may not be uh, a great opponent or they may not be a quality side, but you can't doubt your opponent. People have been doubting Haiti uh, against the U.S. Uh, the U.S. does have a quality team, but Josie Altador. Josie Altador, he has no pace up front next to Clint Dempsey. Are you kidding me? I expected a lot out of, jo- out of Josie Altador uh, in their first match in the Gold Cup. I don't know why, but I expected a lot, a lot uh, out of Josie Altador. I expected some pace from him. I don't, I don't think he's the fastest person, fastest person on the team, but show your speed, show how fast you can really run. Yeah, he really was not playing his game in the first match. But Josie Altador, please step up, please step up uh, for. Uh, the next match because we need you. We need you in this tournament. We need you. So the match again is going to start at 8:30 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, tune in for that match. It's going to be uh, a epic, epic match. Honduras and Panama. The first game today of the Gold Cup ended in a one-one draw, and that result combined with a U.S. win. Versus Haiti tonight would clinch Gold Cup Group A for the U.S. men's national team. So uh, what a group that could be. What a game tonight could actually play is if 
if they win tonight, they will clinch Group A. That would be huge for the U.S. because the women just won. And with the men's potentially winning Group A in their second match of the group stage, that, that would be crazy. Really, really crazy. And hopefully it does happen because they do have a quality side and why can't they get the job done? And if they don't, if they end the match and they draw and don't clinch in their second match, then that raises the question. That raises the question of, did Jurgen Klinsmann select the right players? Did he select uh, the players that could get the job done? And I think he could. I think they really could get the job done. And he did select the right players from the midfield. Uh, on top, maybe just Josie Altador. The defensive-wise, I think they could survive. They could win the Gold Cup uh, with the, the team that they put together for this tournament. In net, Brad Guzan, don't think he's your best option. But with Tim Howard getting the year off of international duty because he wants to uh, hang out with his family, spend some time, I understand that he wants to spend time with his family. Uh, it's all good on that side. But with Brad Guzan, you actually have to find a replacement. I mean, with Tim Howard... You have to find a replacement for a year. And with Brad Guzan in his first match in the Gold Cup this year, he saved the game for the U.S. For most parts of the match, he made some quality saves and showed why he, he is in net. He showed why he's playing in the Premier League. People may have been doubting him, saying that he is not a great goalkeeper. Uh, he's not... A quality player. But. He needs to get the job done as well. And he, he's he been getting it done so far. Uh, and maybe. Nick Romando. Maybe he gets to start tonight. We just have to see. The starting 11s may get released pretty soon. Maybe before uh, we go off the air. We have to see. Uh, but we are going to be on top of that. If they do get released. We're going to uh, discuss the starting 11s for the U.S. men's national team tonight against Haiti. Gold Cup 2015 uh, tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 20 minutes away, uh, and hopefully you guys do tune into that to be a, a just a, a, a epic match. At 1Team Pod, you can leave your uh, you can leave your predictions for the match. Uh, my, my prediction is maybe a 2-1, no, a 3-1 U.S. victory because 2-1... I think it's going to be bigger than that. Maybe 3-1 uh, U.S. Maybe Haiti gets a lucky goal. Uh, U.S. not defending well. Or Brad Guzan just not on his game for a couple of minutes. Uh, and, and I do see Haiti get at least one goal. Uh, so, I would like to thank uh, everyone for tuning in. Uh, we're not closing out the show right yet but i just would like to thank everyone for tuning in um i would like to thank everyone that uh joined us on periscope earlier today uh it was a great experience at the the ticker tape parade uh got to see hope solo we posted some pictures uh, of what we actually got to see uh took some quality photos um some quality chants uh i believe that we just won that was going around in the crowd uh, what else um, 
USA, as we played for you earlier, that chant was going around as well. Of course it was because they won and they are number one in the world. Uh, that was really it. But I, like, what surprised me was the reception. Uh, but how many people that really came out for this uh, for this parade? Personally, I didn't know how many people actually followed the team that actually followed uh, the tournament and. Uh, it's great to see for women's soccer because on the parade side, on the support side, I didn't actually know how many many people were going to come out. I knew there was going to be a lot, but I didn't expect everyone or most of the people in a kit, in a jersey. And most of the people were. They were in their uh, favorite player's jersey from Megan Rapone to uh, Hope Solo or Alex Morgan or Heather O'Reilly. Whoever may be their favorite player, they were in their jersey. So that just shows their commitment to the team, their commitment to that player, their love for that player, and their love for their nation, one nation, one team. Uh, and uh, it was a great parade, a great, a, just a great atmosphere uh, because uh, the game never stops. And that's, and that's really the phrase that goes on here is that the game never stops. The game never ends. Uh, no matter if it's women's, men's, youth, uh, soccer, or the pros. This is a game that never stops, and uh, it's just great how, how much support that they got for the parade. Uh, and hopefully, it, once again, hopefully this support dictates dictates how many people do go to their NWSL clubs or their favorite NWSL clubs. If you did enjoy today's discussion about the future of women's soccer, uh, if you did, you could uh, just tweet us or comment right here on Mixler. And just tell us how much you really did love to, uh, tonight's discussion. Because it was a very insightful one. Because the future of women's soccer is bright. And the question is, how bright really is it going to be five years from now? What's the future? Because five years from now, we can see a very bright future of ten more teams in the league. Uh, popular players. So much fan support. The games are on ESPN. That could be their bright future, say in five years. The not-so-bright future, their failure uh, option, could be uh, in five years losing money and going bankrupt or uh, just not making a profit, not, not turning a profit anymore because not so many people are attending their matches. So that's going to be the issue. Is it going to be failure or their bright future in five years? Hopefully it's going to be their bright future because as we spoke about earlier, that bright future, it could happen. It could happen to every team in the NWSL because this fan support for the national team, the love for the national team, the, the full support, that can happen to NWSL. That can happen to that league instantly. You see how many people love MLS how many people committed or, or, or have season tickets, uh, that number could transition to a NWSL club easily. And that could happen with a MLS team uh, that wants to own a NWSL team uh, easily. They can get a couple thousand people in that stadium. Uh, and also the problem is that the MLS teams that own a NWSL club, they don't draw as many people as MLS Matches do because they say they have like a 15 
thousand seat stadium. For MLS, they draw fifteen thousand every match. For N for NWSL, they draw four or five or maybe two. Uh, that's not good enough. You want to fill up maybe half the stadium, uh, more than half. Uh, so again, this uh, support, love for the women's game, and the uh, knowing of a league, knowing of a local team, a women's pro team or league in this country, that's that's what's going to put women's soccer on the map on the club level because international soccer in this country is already in the map for the women's. For the men's, uh, it just has to improve, and it's improving every day under Jurgen Klinsmann. But under uh, Jill Ellis, it already improved. It already, and they are already uh, number one in the world. And how, how can you not love that? United States women, number number one in the world. Say it one more time. U.S. women's number one in the world. My name is John Frashanti tuning out. Uh, I just had a Greek discussion uh, about the women's national team and their future of women's soccer. Talked about some NASL New York Cosmos in the bye week because the bye week is pretty boring because we just can't see our New York Cosmos playing on a Saturday night. What can we do on that Saturday night? Well, maybe you can check out some NWSL while our New York Cosmos are on a bye week. Also, you can check out some other NASL action. Uh, you can check that out on NASL.com from other matches going on. Before we tune out, uh, I just want to talk about the One World Sports NASL agreement. The NASL agreement or the NASL signed a deal with One World Sports. One World Sports will now air uh, a weekly match. The NASL has Wednesday matches. And One World Sports will air every uh, Wednesday match for the fall season. So that is 14 Wednesday matches, 14 weeks where One World Sports will air a weekly match and we'll have full coverage uh, of that match. So it's people uh, are criticizing the deal, saying that it is on a bad deal, it's going to hurt the league in the future, but it's not going to hurt the league because they're finally on a uh, station. They're finally on TV as a whole, as a league, not with their local uh, TV deal. So with that said, what can you criticize? What, because you have to pay extra for it? Because uh, maybe you can't get it online. I mean, on TV, in your area, or on your provider. Not yet. One World Sports, they're making their way on all their cable providers. So eventually, they're going to be everywhere. So just sit tight. Watch the feed online uh, until you finally get it on your cable provider. But how can you criticize this deal? It's a sweet deal. One World Sports air every Wednesday night. If you do, if you don't like it, you can watch your weekend matches on ESPN3 and on your local TV deal for your favorite club. So once again, my name is John Frashante, tuning out. First Team Podcast Live every Friday night. We can catch you next week. Uh, you can catch us next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, talking everything in your Cosmos, of course, because this is a Cosmos supporter podcast. Next week, we're going to have a preview of the Jacksonville Armada because everything or a lot of things have happened to the Armada uh, throughout this break. Uh, and we're going to talk uh, maybe to someone from the Armada, talk to someone uh, about 
about this matchup because this is going to be a home match for the Armada. This is going to be the first time that the New York Cosmos are going to be going to Jacksonville to face the Jacksonville Armada. John Rashanti tuning out. As always, let's go Cosmos and let's go U.S. Ladies and go support your local NWSL club because the game never stops and you always have to grow the game.